Well, we've been studying the last few Sunday mornings on Psalms 51, and I'd like to, to go there again. And I don't know if we're going to keep going verse by verse in that, but so far we haven't stopped, so we'll, we'll continue on with that. Psalms 51, and we'll concentrate on verse 14, Lord willing, but I'll just read the first verse where it says, Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. And that was mentioned in, in, in prayer this morning uh, about his mercy and his grace. And it's according to something, but it's not according to us. It's not according to our righteousness. It's according to his uh, uh, loving kindness or his mercy or his grace. So let's go to verse 14, and we stop there. I think we just uh, said a couple little things. On we'll go there again, and it says, "Deliver me from my, or deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, Thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of Thy righteousness." And, you know, we look at this and. Uh, you know, we can study whole chapters and things like that. And we can look at one verse and just see how much is in that one verse. And we look at this. And we'll not cover it. We'll not exhaust it. But just, just to look at it, as we look at the scriptures, we should look at it this way. And it says, deliver me. Isn't there a lesson there that he's trusting that God would be his deliverer and not us. So there's, there's a, a lesson. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. Who or what is a blood guiltiness? And then he says, oh God, what God? The God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Now the tongue can sing of different things. And we'll, Lord willing this morning, we'll see a tongue uh, used for another purpose. But it says, my tongue will sing of whose righteousness? Of thy righteousness. So, one thing that I left you with last week, is he bargaining with God? Is he saying, well, if you deliver me, then I'll sing aloud of thy righteousness. Is he bargaining with God? Now, what he's saying here, chronologically, as far as time concerned, is true. First delivery, then singing of his righteousness. So in that respect, yes. Deliver, then sing of his righteousness. But he's not bargaining with God, nor should we. I, I've, I don't know, uh, I've heard... Before people, well, God, if you'll do this, then I'll start going to church. If you'll do this, I can think of a lot of other examples, but I think you know what I mean there. So the psalmist is not bargaining with God, neither should you or I. We don't bargain with God. He's making a statement here. So uh, let's look at this. So first, is he bargaining? And the answer is no. He's making a statement. And it's just a fact. He's making a statement. And 
so a, a, a fact would be if I put hamburgers on the grill and I go watch Chuck a NASCAR race, my burgers are going to burn. <laughs> it's just a fact. And that's what he's saying here. Lord, if you deliver me, the result will be I'll sing. He's not bargaining, just stating a fact. And again, it is a true fact. The singing of his righteousness will not take place until we're delivered. Now our tongue, our tongue will be might be busy before we're delivered, but it won't be singing of his righteousness. Okay, so not bargaining. So what are the blood guiltiness? He said, deliver me from blood guiltiness. What, what, is, what is or what who is the blood guiltiness? Well, the same word, Hebrew word, uh, sometimes is translated bloody. Sometimes it's bloodthirsty. Here it's blood uh, guiltiness. So... Uh, it's all, well, it all comes from the same word. So what he's really saying, and can't we say it this way? Lord, deliver me from those who would injure me. He's saying, deliver me from the blood guiltiness. Deliver me from the bloody. Deliver me from the bloodthirsty. Deliver me from those who would injure me. That's what he's asking. Of course, who is that, or what is that? Uh, I was, I don't, start saying I don't know why I like to watch this, but I think I do know why. Uh, Forensic Files, anybody ever watch that? I don't like it, but yet, it's this monotone voice I can really go to sleep on, so I really like it in that respect. Somebody's getting murdered now, I'm going to sleep because it's a monotone voice. But, uh, but you see, and I was one uh, last night, and this guy was killing these people and brutally and beating them and, and dying, literally just beaten to death. So I'm not saying you shouldn't ask that that not happen to you, but is that what he's saying here? Lord, deliver me from those people in forensic files or deliver me from Charles Manson. We don't talk too much about him anymore, but he's still, I guess, alive and well in pen, as far as I know. I don't know. Oh, he's not? Okay. Uh, maybe, anyway. So, but, or deliver me from the snipers that's out there just shooting people. Is that, is that what he's asking deliverance from? So, if you want to hold your place here, I'm going to go to Psalms 59. And, uh, This will give us a, a, a clue to which way we would look. And it's saying really the same thing. Starts out, deliver me. Deliver me from mine enemies. Oh my God. Defend me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity. And save me from 
bloody men or bloodthirsty or blood guiltiness, same thing. So who, who is this? Well, listen to what it says. For lo, they lie in wait for my soul. They're not lying in wait to steal your billfold or your pocketbook. Debbie, that brings back memories of you and Keith in Huntington. The guy tried to steal your pocketbook, but Debbie fought back and Keith did as well. Uh, although it had to be traumatic, I find it humorous now. But anyway, so is that what we're, is that, is that what we're concerned about? For lo, they lie in wait for my soul. The mighty are gathered against me. Not for my transgressions, nor for my sin, O Lord. So what he's saying, these are gathered against me, but in essence, it's not for my sin. It's not, it's not for a reason. It's not for a proper reason. They're gathered against me, but it's not because I've done something wrong or anything. They're just gathered against me. And I think of Job. When they were... Uh, Tell Job, won't you just go ahead and curse God and die? You made him mad and everything. Just curse God and, and die. And Job said, you know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the giving and the taking away. And it says, in all this did not Job sin with his lips. So you may be in conversation with some people. You may say, the Lord giveth. And the Lord taketh away. Now, the taketh away may look as a negative. And in that period of time, no doubt we would. But he's blessed. The Lord is blessed in the giving and the taking away, according to Job. But now, you talk to people. Oh, the Lord wouldn't do that. And they would attack or hate you even though you hadn't done anything wrong just saying that the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away the Lord's in charge of all things so we see a little bit what he's talking about there uh, but they're out for the soul not out for your, your billfold or your purse or your rings it's about the soul Proverbs 29, which we studied many years ago, said the bloodthirsty hate the upright. Why? Why do the bloodthirsty, the blood guiltiness, why do they hate the upright? And the upright, again, at Job, he just said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Uh, you may quote or read Ephesians 1.4. He has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we'd be holy and without blame before him in love. And you will be hated for that. Well, you're just saying, do whatever you want to do. You're just saying, uh, well, they say all kinds of things. And you're just stating that the Lord chose his elect in Christ 
before the foundation of the world, and they will be delivered whole without blame. But that's hated. It's hated. So why did they hate you because of that? Because of your stand for the truth of the Lord. And, and let me, maybe this will, in, uh, I'm going to go to John. Probably shouldn't take the time, but First John chapter 3. Let's go there for more. And we'll learn about hating the upright without cause. First John, I think chapter 3. So we're looking at why, why do they hate your soul? Or the psalmist, why do they hate his soul? We said they, they hate me, but not because of my sin or anything. They just hate me for something else. So what I want to read here, why did Cain hate Abel? In... Verse 12. Well, let's read verse 11. For this is a message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, at least following that wicked one, and killed his brother. Now here's the question. And why killed he him? Why did he kill him? Was it something that Abel had done that was wrong, that was sin? Did he kill him because of Abel's sin? That's what our psalmist talking about. said, those that lie away from my soul, those bloodthirsty, but not because of my sin. And why killed he him? Here's the answer. Because his own works were evil and his brothers righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. So what was, uh, we know one sacrifice was accepted and we know the other one wasn't. What was the difference? And you can talk about uh, Cain offered the, the fruit of the ground, and, and you can say, well, was it, uh, was it cantaloupes? Was it corn on the cob? What, what did he offer? What was it? There must have been something in there that was really bad. Uh, I don't know what, as we look at plant life, is there anything unclean? I don't know. I don't know. But what did he offer? doesn't tell us. He offered the fruit of the ground. But the difference here, and this is why Cain killed his brother. This is why he hated him. And that goes along with our lesson. Abel offered a blood sacrifice. Cain offered a bloodless sacrifice. That's why he hated him. That's why you'll be hated you look at, again, going back to Ephesians 1, 4, and many, you go to many other places, of course, that God chose his elect in Christ before the foundation of the world. Chosen in Christ. There's your blood sacrifice. And the world hates that. 
Well, you'd like to think we have something to do with it. You're just saying you can do whatever you want to do. And you're hated because of that. So, uh, it says they, uh, uh, he's asking for deliverance from, from the bloody men. What kind of weapons do they have? Uh, talking about injuries or danger or something like that. What kind of weapons do they have? And it says that men who seek the soul, bloodthirsty, blood guiltiness, what kind of weapons do they have? I think it's important to know. I mean, if we was, uh, I guess if we was in the, in the wild or something and was going to go something, try, I don't know, I'm thinking, I can't think of a good example, well, let's say a, a stingray, or a, I can't think of the other word for it now. But anyway, the stingray, you know, got the long tail and everything. We know the guy that was diving got killed by it and everything like that. So the stingray, you might look at it and might look at the teeth and all these things. And you say, oh, the dangerous point is way back here on this tail, this barb that comes up. That's the danger part. I think that'd be something we would need to know. If we were going to swing with the, swim with the stingrays, I think that's something we would need to know. Uh, or maybe a spitting viper. Well, don't worry about his fangs. Worry about he's going to spit in your eye. I think it's important to know the weapons. So here, these bloody men, blood uh, guiltiness, the seek for the soul. What's their weapon? What's the weapon? Let's go to Psalms 57. Psalms 57. And verse 4. My soul is among lions. And I lie even among them that are set on fire. Even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. Our psalmist talking about, Lord, if you deliver me, my tongue will, see, will sing of thy righteousness. Well, here we see some tongues. They're not singing of God's righteousness. They are lying in wait for the soul. And of course, we know they're following the doctrines of Satan, of course. But the sons of men, it's not... He says, my soul is among lions. Well, you know he's not talking about literal lions. He's not talking about that. And, buddy, we are talking about parables before. So we think of literal lion. Where's the danger point? Well, yeah, he's got claws, but I'm worried, I'm worried about his mouth and his teeth. So my soul is among lions. And let me just, beloved, let me just tell you. You're among lions. Uh, 
And I lie even among them who are set on fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. So the mouth is a danger. And these that lie in wait, the mouth is a dangerous, the dangerous part, the dangerous point. And I'm going to go to Proverbs chapter 30. And you know, it is so deceitful. These that wait for the soul that are danger, they're looked upon as disciples of Christ. So, Proverbs 30, let me get in the right chapter here. And verse 12. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are like swords, and their jaw teeth like knives, to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. So there are these, the word generations used there, I actually didn't look that up, but I think, uh, but they're generations. And they're pure in their own eyes. Chuck, I know you've talked to them on the job. I know we uh, listen to them on television, radio, and stuff like that. They're pure in their own eyes. I've talked to this one lady one time. She says, I'm above reproof. She was pure in her own eyes. Yet they're not washed from a filthiness. Don't, don't really have a clue. God hadn't opened their eyes. What makes us different? God hadn't opened their eyes. I don't... We're not any more deserving, but God hasn't opened their eyes. Uh, how lofty are their eyes? We can read about pride and so forth. We won't go do that, but how lofty are their eyes? The man told me one time, yeah, I've got to go talk to this person. I've almost got him saved. How lofty is his eyes? The man that says, well, uh, you'd like to think we have something to do with it. How lofty are those eyes? And see, that's the teeth. That's the tongue. That's the swords. That's the danger. And Claire May, we, we see it on television. They don't dress as much like they used to, but maybe have that Raymond Willis, you say that collar turned around backwards and everybody gives them respect and well, they, what they said must be true. I hadn't thought of this for a long time. There's a elderly lady and uh, she was pretty much a shut-in. She was just uh, in a wheelchair and just really crippled really, really bad. And about all she'd done was watched television, the religious channels. And 
thought that everything they were saying was true. And it's very sad. And not realizing what damage, what harm, what blaspheming it is. Uh, so we, we see they're like lions, and, and I won't go in, in Romans there. It says their tongues are like poison of asp is under their lips. So the mouth, I'm, I'm not, well, if somebody comes up to me with a knife, yeah, I may be a little bit concerned about that. But your soul, it's their, it's their teeth, it's their mouth, it's what comes out of their mouth. So what's, what is the, the weapon of the mouth? How can they do, you say, well, you can't, can't do damage with the mouth. I think what we've looked at here makes it easier to understand what Matthew, and let's go to Matthew 15, what it's saying in Matthew 15. It talks about the danger here, and it's, it's the mouth, that's the danger, and it's, it's seeking for the, the soul's. Matthew 15, and starting verse 16. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? And buddy, they was, they was talking about a parable. I'll go back to uh, one verse. Uh, farther, verse uh, 15. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Explain to us this parable. The Lord been talking to him in parables. And, uh, and Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do ye not understand that what entereth into the mouth goeth into the stomach and is cast out in the draught? See, they was criticizing the Lord and his disciples. Oh, you're, you're doing sin here. You're, uh, you're eating with unwashed hands. And, you know, we can read scripture after scripture, how they, one says, Lord, reward me according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. So here, the Lord was being criticized about what they put in their mouth, eating with unwashed hands. He says, but that goes in the stomach and out the drop. That's not, that's not the danger. That's not the harm. What is? But those things which proceed out of the mouth. Well, what comes out of the mouth? Well, let's read. Those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile man, but to eat with unwashed hands defile him not. So you commit murder out of the mouth, that's what it says. So if we look at what we was reading there, the, the psalmist says, deliver me from these bloodthirsty men. Deliver me from those, I'm among, my soul is among lions. Those, those men that their, their teeth are like, uh, uh, and their jaw teeth, I think, are like swords, I think it says, and, or maybe, yeah, and their tongue, anyway. Uh, we read it, so the, the tongue and the teeth and so forth. But that's the danger. That's what comes out of the mouth. That's the weapons. So uh, we've got some hunters in here, at least had been or something like that. Or, so if the mouth 
is the weapon. What's the ammunition? Well, it's false doctrine. It's false doctrine. That's the ammunition. Uh, okay. Let's uh, back in our text. Deliver me. God asking you to deliver. I can't deliver myself. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. As for deliverance, and the Lord delivers, and then we sing of his righteousness. Before that, they're singing of their own righteousness. After I heard somebody this morning, they was talking about uh, getting saved or whatever, not understanding, we say, before the foundation of the world, but, oh, when I got saved, says, Everybody knew it. Even the dog knew it. So I don't know. <laughs> and he went on to explain a little more about that, but, but I won't. Uh, but there is a change. When the Lord's people, when he reveals it to them, that he has already saved them, there is a difference. We sing a different song. The song before was, look at me, look at them. And then, buddy, it's look to the Lord. There is a different song. There is a different walk. Uh, let's, let's go to Ephesians 5. It, it, and it's in the New Testament. But it's talking about the same thing that we saw in the Old Testament. Talking about one, uh, talking about deliverance. And after deliverance, there's a different walk. After deliverance, there's a different song. Uh, Ephesians 5 and, uh, let's see, where do we start? Uh, let's start in verse 4. Neither feel this, uh, Filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no fornicator, nor unclean person, nor a covetous man, who is an adulterer, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. I, uh, one day this week, I saw a man on a physical plane. Betty, he was filthy. <laughs> he had the gloves on with no fingers, and I looked at his fingers. And, and Chuck, I'm not talking about working on a car filthy. This is just filthy. The smell, everything, just filthy. So can I tell by that? Oh, he's not going to heaven. Is that what this is saying? Uh, no unclean person hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God. So can I look at that? 
He's not going to heaven. Well, turns out this man was, was homeless. He didn't have any place to wash or anything. And I just, I'm just you know, stating a fact. But can I say he's not going to heaven because he's physically not clean? Of course not. Uh, verse 6. Uh, Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the sons of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Now this is going to talk about some that's in darkness. Some that have not been delivered. Don't be partakers with them. Don't be unequally yoked with them. Don't mean you can't talk to them or anything like that. But don't be in agreement. Don't let your tongue do what their tongue is doing. Your tongue would sing of the righteousness of God. Their tongue is like a sword, an arrow, waiting for the soul. Uh, six, let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the sons of disobedience. Be ye not therefore partakers with them. You can see, be separate all through the scriptures. For ye were once in darkness. Didn't have the light in darkness. For ye were once darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. When we were in darkness, whenever we was looking to ourselves, whenever we are looking to man, we was in darkness, and we were in darkness. But said, "But now, lie the Lord. The Lord has brought us out of darkness and to the marvelous light." Then he says, "There's a different walk." Does that mean I scrub my hands a little more with a brush? And you see how the surgeons used to do on television scrubbing. Do I do that more now? Is that my new walk? Gluttony. Well, I wish I could kick that one, but <laughs> uh, used to eat a lot. I don't eat as much as I used to, but I still eat a lot more. Uh, is, that, is that the change? There is a new walk, but is that it? Eight, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. There's a different, a, a different walk. There's a different song. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. What's acceptable to the Lord? Was Cain's acceptable to the Lord? Offering the fruit of the ground? Offering a bloodless sacrifice? Is that acceptable to the Lord? And no, it wasn't. It wasn't acceptable. But proving in this new walk, we prove what is acceptable. That's a blood sacrifice. And not yours, not mine. It's, it's the Lord's. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. And this tells us something else about darkness or secret. For it is a shame even to speak of the things which are done to them in secret or done to them in darkness. And boy, isn't it ever. 
the lady one time who was in darkness. She said, well, honey, it's, uh, the Lord's done all he can do. As if it wasn't enough. Is that not a shame? I heard it, I think maybe this week or week before. Somebody said, and you've all heard it, and they go to Peter and they can't understand it. But uh, the Lord doesn't want, uh, the Lord wants everybody to be saved. But yet we know everybody's not going to be saved. Is that not a shame that our Lord wants this, but he doesn't have the power or might to do that? Is that not a shame? But that's what's spoken of them in darkness. Now, in darkness might be in front of bright television cameras, but they're in darkness. But there's a different walk. Uh, Twelve, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which have done them darkness. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatever doth make manifest is light. And listen to verse 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. I used to think this was the impartation of spiritual life, but it's not. These are alive, but they're sleeping. Where are they sleeping? Well, they're sleeping among the dead. Didn't say that they, he's not raising them from the dead. He's raising them from the, or delivering them. We'll get, use that word deliver again. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead. And Christ shall give thee light. So when Christ gives light, that you're no longer looking to yourself or to man or to earthly things, but we're looking to him. When he gives you light, we're looking to him. He's delivered us from that darkness. It says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So we started out in our lesson delivering. Lord, deliver me from the blood guiltiness. Deliver me, their teeth are like lions and, and knives and, and, and swords and so forth. Deliver me from them. Deliver me those that would hate me for no cause. Deliver me from those uh, that lie in wait for my soul. And that's what he's saying here. Lord, or he's saying that he... He is, he will, wherefore he said, awake, thou that sleepest, arise from the dead. There's delivering of that soul. There's deli That's what the psalmist was asking for, deliverance from that. Then you uh, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, as wise. So we don't walk the way they do. We don't have any part of that. We don't give honor and glory to man. We don't steal honor and glory from the Lord. So it looks like we're going to have to close with that. But let me read our text again. Psalm 51, 14. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. 
thou God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. So we have a new song when he delivers us. So again, he wasn't barking with God, just stating a fact. Lord, you deliver me from that, and my tongue will sing of thy righteousness. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.